All right. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Maybe Next Year, the podcast that still going strong, even though it's the off season. Um, well, it's, it's the Bills off season. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. And uh, we come to you post post uh, Pro Bowl, pre Super Bowl, the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers uh, will do the honors this year at the um, at the Super Bowl. And two, we will two new the- teams. Sorry, it's been so long that it's not the Patriots or the Seahawks or the same damn teams every year. Or the so. Steelers, right? Yeah, I think yeah. that. Yeah. So Patrick, I'm sure it'll be on the 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 broadcast, but I'm like Patrick Mahomes has got to be like the first not Manning, Roethlisberger, Brady quarterback and for the AFC and God knows how long. And so. Oh yeah, uh, you have to go back to Dilfer before one of those guys, or no, Gannon. It would be in 2001. I, so yeah, 18 I years. Answer, it's Flacco, but Flacco's the only one. Flacco's the only one. In oh yeah. I think that the point was like you could. Um, 17 out of 18 years, it was one of those three. Yeah. Exactly. So it's always nice to add another new guy, even though he's a young guy and a guy that we could have drafted. And I really don't care if Tredavious White's upset by that. But he, he can I purposely didn't put this on the agenda because I'm like, it will start. I have a feeling well, like- it's just it'll come out. Yeah. Well, yeah. let's 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 get to your agenda because your agenda is very. It's very thoughtful, Paul. You did a you. you did a nice. I I made clear on the text chain this morning. I have zero, uh, like next to zero interest in the Super Bowl. I'm taking a nice vacation from the Bills and thinking about the Bills. But I am here for the fans. Um, we had a a Brandon Bean and Scott McDermott press conference. Uh, <laughs> well, Scott McDermott, Scott McDermott, yeah, yeah Steve, whatever. Adam. <laughs> Why don't you tell me when he's nominated for Coach of the Year, and then I'll learn his name. (laughs) Well, guess what, Frank? Yes. Um, Your notes here are very good. Disappointed in the offense. Allen, too much hero ball. ball. Allen, uh, confidence, I assume, was a good thing. And they have an an, an exuberance or an excitement to perhaps sign their own guys. I believe the the phrasing is something like draft, develop, and re-sign. And so that, I think gets us into those press conferences. I did listen to them. I, I didn't listen to them for a while. Scott, did you listen to either of the press conferences? I think I believe, I believe I read transcripts of them in general. Even better. Even yes. better. Because now you weren't biased by the tone of the, or, you know, Perhaps. whatever. Or, or uh, the winking that Brandon Bean was always doing. We want to re-sign our players. Wink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I... I I tell you, I I said this on the last podcast, and I'll say it again here. I was very happy that both, well, I'll just call them McBean, that McBean both, like, put some of the blame directly on the offense in the sense that they said the offense needs to be better. And so I was very happy that it wasn't, um, oh, it's a team effort, and we needed to, you know, maybe if we had stopped them one more time. I was very happy that they that they found fault with the offense and that they were willing to say that they found fault with the offense because that that leads me to believe that maybe they'll they'll do something about the offense. That going into the off season, there is a sense that you know the offense needs to be better. Now, look, could that mean we 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 re-sign Frank Gore? And that's how they think the offense is going to get better. I guess, you know, n- never say never. But I, I was I was turned on by that. I'll, I'll turn it over to Paul first because it's his agenda. Paul, what what did you like about the press conference? And did you find anything lacking about the press conference? You know, I liked exactly what you liked and brought up the fact that they went right to the offense and said uh, something along the lines of, you know, 20 points a game is simply not good enough in this day and age. And it's not. And. I, I really and we we touched on this briefly on the last podcast, but I really expect them, you know, we can look at each single player individual on offense and we have some liking for each of them. Like, oh, Spain was a good signing and that, he, you know, was a great run blocker. And Feliciano was a tough guy who played through rotator cuff surgery. But I don't think, you know, any player on this offense, except for maybe Allen and this, you know, should feel safe, should feel like they've earned their 2020 job based on their 2019 performance. And I think that's a good way to call them out. 
and say, look, you know, yes, some of you guys are young and you're going to develop. Some of you are young and you're not going to get a chance to develop because we're going to draft or sign guys. We expect to take your spot and then are going to go out and sign some other veterans to try and uh, take this place. So we only had one returning starter from, I think, week one of the year before, and that was Deion Dawkins uh, from 2018. Mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if maybe there's because maybe six going into next year, six starters from last year. Maybe they have five new ones. I, As much as we were impressed to see a real receiver in John Brown, if they find someone in the draft or in free agency who is performing better and John Brown has moved to the outs, you know, to a different role on the team, then so be it. You know, they need to improve. Mm-hmm. And I think Allen is the one guy they can depend on, that they'll depend on to, that they'll give patience to and let him develop through next year pretty much no matter what but everyone else is kind of on notice as far as what was lacking in the the press conference i do i would have liked i I don't want them to you know give away the plan of exactly okay we're you know we're gonna try and you know do this free agency this free agency this i felt like i would have liked a bit more of an outline of you know, with, without tipping your, your cap too much of like, okay, last year we, we brought an X number of free agents. This year our aim is to probably bring in more along this line. We have this many draft picks. You know, this is kind of, you know, it, we would like to keep them all or do this or, you know, maybe we'll look to leverage trade up, trade down, whatever. Even if he's just throwing something out there, I feel yeah. like you can do that without giving too much away. And I think he kind of said – what he did last year, which is like, oh, we're not going to do all that much in free agency. You need to draft and develop. Maybe we'll trade away some picks. And then they kept all their picks and they signed a shit ton of people in free agency anyway. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 as a fan who kind of trusts this regime, you can tell us a little bit more without giving away your your whole off-season agenda and who you want to sign. So and that, that was lacking. But otherwise, I, I remain impressed with these guys in the direction of the club. Scott? Yeah. I think the, the the one thing that I'll start with, and I'll see if anything comes to me while I'm talking, um, is I was pleased. It did seem I, – I, I, I am very hesitant to trust my, my reading of things and the reports that I read. It did seem to sense an authentic – I did have an authentic sense from being that he was annoyed and frustrated with how the season ended, which – I think is ultimately a good thing um, because I think that's what we're all hoping for is that he's frustrated and angry and there's no sense of like, well, you know, we, we've made a lot of progress, but, and yeah. And so, you know, maybe some things have gone differently. We'd still be playing. There wasn't that it was still very much a, this team needs to get better. We need to do things to improve that kind of thing. I think otherwise I would, I would agree with Paul that, you know, obviously like we're fans, we want specifics. We want to know, you know, we want to get excited now about T. Higgins or, you know, or Jadavian Clowney or whoever it is that, you know, you're the offseason star um, that, you know, everyone will have in their the offseason crush that we'll have um, will be. But ultimately, it's not there's no reason for the Bills to do that um, at this point. So I'm I'm kind of a, even if it's frustrating, I'm not I'm not terribly uh, disappointed by it. Um, so, yeah, no, I mean, I thought I thought they were fine. I thought, you know, um, I think the other thing that I'd point out is, you know, the comments on Allen were, you know, somewhat circumspect. I think, again, it, you know, it's, it's weird because they, they, they want to treat him kind of like everybody else in his negative ways. But then when it's positive, he's always the first one. It seems like they mentioned, you know, it does seem, and I, I get it. Like he's the quarterback, but it doesn't seem like, it seems like a bit hypocritical and I hope that that, I mean, I understand, I'm sure NFL players understand the quarterback is more important than everybody else. Maybe not Trey white, but most NFL players probably know that. But on some level, if you're building this, this culture of honesty and openness or, um, you know, equality or whatever you want to call it on some level, you have to either acknowledge, well, some players are played more and some players have the ball in their hands every play. So therefore they're more important or you have to treat or you actually have to treat everyone the same. Um, and I, I think, I think, I think they're, I think they do, they do bring up some things with Josh and Josh, Josh to his credit is bringing them up on his own, but uh, that, uh, you know, whatever it's, it's a press conference. I don't want to get too bad out of shape about it. Fair. That's, I think that's fair. 
Um, I think I think that you're right that the proof that I think the other thing that you're kind of dancing, not dancing around, but the proof is always in the pudding with these types of things. Right. Like there's obviously no reason that they would want to wash their hands of him at this point by any stretch. Like he's certainly not that poorly. Um, um, but he but he might have some things that he has to work on. So what are they going to do? They're going to, you know, extol his virtues and keep everything open. And it's a very different situation than, you know, when you have seen your third year of Tyrod Taylor or, you know, rather than picking a fight with people who like Tyrod Taylor, like we could name any number of quarterbacks that people have been done with. And, you know, then they sort of just they get a different treatment in that press conference. Um, and you think about when Taylor came in. Um, I mean, I don't know that they were saying bad things about the previous quarterbacks. I think that they were just sort of saying, oh, yeah, everyone's going to have a good competition, um, which became the uh, the proof in the pudding that I'm trying to get to here is that like, you know, come training camp, if we have, you know, all of a sudden we have Teddy Bridgewater in camp, maybe we can revisit what they actually think of Josh Allen. But short of that, um, I'm guessing that, you know, he's Paul's right. He's probably he's probably safe there. Um, the uh, other guy who I think is safe is, is Devin Singletary. Uh, not that we're running backs can't be easily per- replaced. I think that, you know, five to six guys um, are probably pretty set there. Is somebody like coughing or sneezing or blowing their nose? Yeah, I don't think like so. Hmm. Yeah. It sounds like yeah. somebody, yeah, it sounds almost like the dishes thing again, but I know it's not you, Frank, because you're talking. No, no, no. It's not me because I'm sitting here still. It's probably Trey White who's very upset. Damn it, Trey. You know. We we, we have been experimenting with our Skype. I don't know why we didn't introduce him to this point. But, yeah, Trey, just just mute when you're not talking, bud. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, guys. No problem, Trey. Okay. Um, (laughs) We'll we'll make sure Trey gets back on when we talk about the the Pat Mahomes (laughs) stuff. Um, The other thing that I think I liked from – the it wasn't from this press conference, but it was from the senior bowl uh, press conference with with Bean was somebody had asked him about some of the picks and they were talking about whether picks are worth what they are. And, you know, you've had this approach of wanting to keep your picks and all and, and would that change? And th- some of what they talked about was, well, you know, we're in a position now where like a seventh round pick doesn't seem nearly as likely to make our team. Right. Like, so are you in a better position now where maybe you don't need all of your picks? You need to add the best talent possible. So I like that. That to me sounded like somebody who was who was, you know, and I think it's a good proper testament to where the bills are. They're not where they are two years ago. They're a better team. They're a very consistent team. Um, I think that you know exactly what they are. And you can probably as we go through the offseason and I'm sure they're already doing it, that. You know, you can pick apart the parts that need to get better. Um, and and Josh Allen's one of them. I You're probably not ready to move on from him, but, um, you know, you are ready to upgrade a lot of things around him. Um, one of you said Jadavian Clowney, and I, I, I feel like he'd be a lot of fun, even though he's a defensive player. Um, oh, some yeah. of the other some of the other stuff I've been reading is about how the the draft is very deep for wide receiver but kind of thin for defensive end and it might be a situation where bills fans are going to freak out because they take a defensive end in the first round but you know they might still end up with a a good chance at a good wide receiver in the second round all good fodder for later in the year as we delve deeper into the actual stuff of going on number of surgeries already (laughs) at oliver had a core surgery uh Cody Ford with his shoulder, John Feliciano playing with a, a torn rate rotator cuff for a while. So yeah, all season played with a torn rotator cuff. We found out. Yeah. So not great. Uh, there was something about, I don't think it's in your notes, but I saw that there was no ro- foul wrongdoing found with, with Hughes uh, in his wrist. There yes. was some, there was some question about whether the bills had lied about his injury for the playoff game. And they said, no, they didn't. So, um, but but so, it wasn't just that was the thing. It was like, how is it that he tore ligaments in his wrist, which is what he tweeted about, right? And it wasn't an injury because the, that it's not like this didn't happen. It clearly happened. He said it happened, right. and he'd been saying he'd been playing with it for a while. It clearly was not on the injury report. That's factual. 
So, right. Well, Should not have been every week Jerry Hughes full under practice to indicate he practiced fully, even though he was injured. Like you, that's what you're technically supposed to do. Exactly. Is a, yeah. Just, just to say, say wrist and full practice. Like it's not anyway. It was. I just don't know how. I maybe, yeah. I mean that's factual maybe, that he did not that they did not find the Bills doing anything wrong. But I just don't know what the point of the rule is then. Right. Uh, maybe it's that um, the Bills have a great lawyer. I Maybe think Frank is their lawyer. Anyway. Uh, well, no, you said great lawyer. So <laughs> me. Um, no, I, I think that, I mean, obviously I don't know the ins and outs of whatever. I was going to make a joke that maybe his wrist didn't hurt until after the season. And so that's when he found out he had a, uh, a screwed up wrist. I think more than likely it probably just goes away because it wasn't like some sort of, there's probably a threshold where they want to um, uh, make sure that you're reporting stuff. And that didn't meet the threshold or yeah. whatever. And they've got enough crap going on. And, you know, banging a trash can in the dugout. Yeah, uh, that's, that's the other sport. So we can we don't unite e- now on this pod in our just sheer uh, abhorrence of the Astros, I think, at this point. So even as as NLE. Yeah, this is now just an Astros uh, hating pod. So, um, it's pretty it's pretty that's there's some pretty I as, as, <laughs> It's I, as someone who's not followed the baseball offseason closely. I'm still like, boy, that seems <laughs> that's stuff right there. Ridiculous. And uh, it comes down with the Red Sox, too, like like because that's all that's all in the pipe. But and the, uh, and, and the good news for all of us, the Mets lost their manager who didn't coach a game with them before he was hired. Yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of might have wanted him to. Did you say Carlos Baerga or Carlos Belcher? Carlos Baerga, oh, oh which went, is awesome. Way back. Can we get Carlos Baerga to coach the Mets? I think that's of Mets named Carlos, and I think of Carlos Baerga. So you know, that's that that's my bad. Well, we'll uh, we'll pick this up on our baseball podcast. You know, maybe next four seam, and we'll uh, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll we'll go from there. Um, but though we had some, you know, we talked all year about what a healthy team this was. And if you had guys that were playing through injuries, whether they should have been reported or not, pretty good. I mean, like, you know, I, I think that one of the things that you might want to really pay attention to next year, one of the reasons you might look to add defensive players is you'd think, well, we had a great defense, but we were only a couple pieces away from it kind of falling apart here. Um, and we need depth. and We probably can't yeah. count on uh, us being that healthy next year. Um, right. could, could they be like the Steelers that lost Ben Roethlisberger this past season and won a combination of eight games with Mason Rudolph and Delvin Duck Hodges at quarterback? Like that's the type of depth you want. So if you lose someone big, you can survive it because they set right so lucky this year. Speaking of, I'll be excited when I, I'm strangely excited about the backup quarterback question this year, which we will talk about uh, probably later in the year. But like I'm kind of excited to see what they do with it here because. You know, young guy, draft a guy, better, great, you know, Philip Rivers. I don't know. Like, yeah. what do you do? Uh, anyway, um, we have a new defensive line coach. Uh, if I if you didn't have the agenda in front of you, I could make you guess where Eric Washington <laughs> is from. Uh, he's a defensive coordinator from Carolina. So there you okay, go. More Panthers line. in the Bills organization. Oh, and we're also keeping our all of our assistant coaches. They're not going to be hired as head coaches for other teams which i think i don't know i well i feel like started last time but i'll start anyway like i think that's a for the sake of continuity and it's it's a good thing and people hate that for the sake of continuity thing but the defense has gone from good to very good to great really in the three years under frazier and under brian dable it clearly developed from year one to year two even though it didn't get to the level we wanted so i think getting to keep people in the systems systems that have his one proven successful in the second system that has shown development. Uh, it's, I'm definitely happy that, that they're both retained. Yeah, Any thoughts no, on I, I am, I am as well. I, I think, yeah, I mean, obviously a defensive line coach that I, I'm not in steeped enough to know his, his qualities, but um, yeah, in terms of the coordinators, yeah, I agree with Paul. I think as, as we were talking about before, I think I'd rather have a, offensive coordinator who is a little little more out there a little more kind of willing to be creative and show off how smart he is than one who is a dullard and just wants right. to make everyone run the same play um regardless of the personnel so i, I think and i think dayball has done some really good things with working with allen's kind of strengths and limitations as best 
he can. Um, and then the question is ultimately, can can Alan take the next step in his ability to execute a broader range of responsibilities that responsibilities that opens up even more of the offense? Um, you know, or can the Bills win with the offense that Dable can put around Allen and his current talents, which again will largely depend on the the Jimmys and the Joes, as well as the X's and the O's, as they say. Fully agreed. I was ready if he moved on to say to be in a position where say, okay, well, you know, we saw what he can do and and to Scott's point, maybe we can get somebody who's gonna um, you know, take a few less liberties with the with the with the playbook at, at, at times, but I, I agree that it's better to have this guy than the other guy. And so we'll take it. We'll take, we'll see, you know, and then now think about Now, you know what bills and beers asked this question and I looked it up. He said, when's the last time you had the same head coach GM, GM and, and both, both coordinators. coordinators and you have to you have to go back to I think that I, I forget the exact combination. It was like coach quarterback and coordinators or something like that. And I think from what I saw, you have it's it's not at all in the 2000s. You have to go back to, I believe, like Levy Kelly, Marcha Broda. And then I forget who the defensive coordinator was then. That's well, actually Cor- where they. Walt Corey, maybe. Yeah, I think Walt Corey was the one that stuck around because there was a, there was those three were there for a while. And then um, the defensive coordinator was changing a little more often. And it's not easily looked up. I had to, like, basically read each Wikipedia page um, <laughs> and, like, compare. Well, them you're a hero one. for doing it, Frank. Thank you for that. So it's it, and I knew it would come in handy for this pod that, you know, you're. It's a it's a big deal. So, um, you know, you can go into next year and I think next year is, uh, you know, you got to take the next step forward. And if it if you don't, then it something you'll be able to root out something quickly. Um, we had some pro bowlers, uh, Tredavious, um, Roberts and, and and Edmonds. I didn't watch the I, didn't I, watch I watched the, not a minute of it. I saw that yep. I, I watched the replay of Andre Roberts touchdown catch. That oh. was literally the one play I saw. Oh, well, good for him. I didn't even know he had a touchdown catch. Good. Yeah, from Lamar. Uh, I'm watching the skills competition right now. Is what oh, okay. Well, good. I think I saw a minute of that when I was in the mall with my family, and we stopped for lunch, and I think it was on, like, a TV. I saw somebody throwing at moving numbers. They yes, were throwing that is, that they are, they're throwing at some fixed and some moving numbers. Yes. Deshaun yeah. Watson appears to have lost something off of the fastball that he had during the uh, second half of the Bills game. Ah, well, he must uh, must be some ring rust or whatever, as we mm-hmm. like to say. Um, Look, looking or, at the Bills Pro Bowlers, by the way, I did like the fact that two of the three uh, will spend all of next season age 25 and under. So always nice when, uh, when you got some young guys making the Pro Bowl. Yeah, and there was some talk about... Um, well, okay, let's talk about it now, right? Like, so... You know, with Patrick Mahomes making the Super Bowl, there was I, I wasn't the only person to have pointed out like, geez, like, you know, Tredavious White's amazing. Um, but like, don't think for a second I wouldn't trade him and whatever else we got for Patrick Mahomes, like right this minute. Like, just like, forget it. Like, what what did you want for Patrick Mahomes right now? I would do it. Um, and there was some people who were. You know, some Bills fans who were very protective of Josh Allen in that regard and and Trey White. And there were others that were like, yeah, they're great, but, you know, let's be realistic. And Tredavious White sort of made like a frowny face and saw, you know, mentioned seeing a lot of negativity on there uh, on the Twitter. And it's like, duh, it's Twitter. Um, But, uh, (laughs) you know, the, the question was whether now whether have we soured him on the Bills and is he going to leave in free agency in two years um mm-hmm. which of course doesn't you know as i think it was sal capaccio was talking about um you know that doesn't include the fifth year option that doesn't include the franchise tag that doesn't include the second franchise tag um so you know like you can keep him here for a long time if you really want to um but did you guys make anything of that kerfuffle do you have any thoughts on whether you would uh undo the trade um you know hindsight of course being 2020 um Scott, uh, Scott, Scott, Scott go Scott. first. I went first last time. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, yeah, I, I will uh yes. I mean anyone who is if 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 Josh Allen does everything right 
and a hundred percent it reaches the absolute maximum of his game, I am not sure that he can meet where Patrick Mahomes is right now. And yeah, I don't right know now. how long it would take. And I'm not sure that it's possible, even if he was to achieve like the maximum of what Josh Allen can can do and like whatever amount of time he spent in the film room or at the, you know, the QB coach in the off season or whatever it is. I don't know that that his ceiling is the same as Mahomes. So that's, and it's the most important position in the game. So that's a very short argument for me. Um, it's that said, um, I, the, the only thing I would say is, you know, if you're on Twitter, you know, understand that sometimes your words um, matter to some people. I would just say in general in life. So if, 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 you know, think about things, um, before you tweet, I know it's, I know it's, that's the first rule of tweeting is don't do that. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. First rule of tweeting is, uh, delete your Twitter account. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I think though, on the other hand, I will also say if we are, if Trey white, and if you're a good player who we, we are going to rely on as a leader and a, a meaningful um, contributor to the team over many years, not just, you know, for a guy who's filling in like Richie Incognito or whatever, not a guy like the root of the team kind of like, OK, we can have some wildcats some guys who aren't quite mentally stable kind of there. But the, the guys who are the ones who are the ones we're, we're building the franchise around, they need to take a chill pill. Like they need to be the ones who are mentally well equipped enough to understand that criticism is a part of the game. Yeah. You're especially Trey white. You're a cornerback for God's sakes. You're going to get burned on games. It's happened before. It's going to happen again. You're supposed to be able to wipe that and move on like this, that, that needs to be your whole approach to Twitter basically. And so I, I, you know, I, I would hope that that is where he is and maybe he was just, you know, you know, it's, it's frustrating. Cause like I had, some stuff in the office today even where i was like i was complaining like audibly about some things that i really i just needed to complain about and get them off my chest i wasn't trying to to start anything with other people or with my boss or whatever i just really need to get it off my chest so you just have to know how and when to do that and and rarely is twitter the place to do that so uh, a lesson perhaps for 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 some of us i of course am too good to use twitter so I, uh, you're yeah. you're in the best position of us all for sure. Definitely <laughs> not being on Twitter is better than being on it. Um, as I found, as I reduce and reduce the number of people that show up on my Twitter, I'm be- I'm closer and closer to fine, as the Indigo Girls would say. Scott did, or Paul, did you um did yeah, you uh, ha- have anything? Yeah, I've got good thoughts on both. I think on the the latter point, just because yeah, I'm in the same exact vote on Twitter as someone who tweets from our account and knows that if I mention a player like, say, Kyle Pecco, or as I've done with Lorenzo Alexander, those players are searching their mentions and they know what we say. So even when I'm critical of players, I'm not going to ever be a dick about it. At least I've been critical, but I remember being a little bit drunk for the Cowboys game this year and really just kind of railing into Jerry Jones. No regrets. Um, but I'm sure people are like, oh, Frank must be tweeting today. But no. Yeah, right. That's, that's, that's usually what we um, people assume. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, keep that in mind. And I, I fully agree on on that point. On the first point, on the actual tr- uh, hindsight is 2020 trade from Holmes. Well, I will readily acknowledge that even though it's early in both of their careers, I cannot envision Josh Allen ever being as good as Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to go a hard disagree with you guys and say absolutely that was the right move to make at the time for the club, and I have no issue with it. You know, we, we've we talked about Mahomes would be good with the Bills, of course, because he's a very good quarterback. He would not have had the benefit of, of being drafted and developed by someone like Andy Reid to be able to sit behind Alex Smith for an entire season and learn an offense and then come in and experience immediate success as a result of having – had that time. He's surrounded by great individual offensive players, Travis Kelsey, uh, the running back, Williams, I, and they had Hunt even, Tyreek Hill, of course, Kareem Hunt's gone, but even still, all that helped him. Nine teams passed on Mahomes and didn't get any picks out of it. The Bills may have passed on him, but they got a first-team All-Pro cornerback in that trade and then leveraged the, you know, the, the pick from the next year 
to get, you know, to help either get their franchise QB or to get Tremaine Edmonds and another Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl linebacker at age 21, uh, depending on how you want to look at it. And also the fact that, you know, they were going to uh, be basing their analyses on scouting reports of everyone they were about to fire, literally everyone that the organization was about to fire before they brought in uh, Brandon Bean. And I feel like it would have been just an enormous risk to take a chance on a quarterback based on the scouting reports of people who were uh, all going to be fired. So all of that context makes me think you could go back in NFL history and make fun of like the 198 times that Tom Brady was passed on. And, and, you know, we, we, none of us have time machines. None of us are, uh, you know, I can't like crystal ball readers, whatever the hell that occupation is called fortune teller. Um, so you don't know. And, and for the bills to get what they got out of that, for, if you were to tell me, okay, they're going to leverage this into Trey white and a potential franchise QB, um, whether or not he becomes it, I'm, I've got no issues with them. The Mahomes trade. Very good. And I think that Trey White's a pretty, I think he's a pretty fun loving good guy. So I'm guessing he oh, was yeah. probably just blown off a little steam um, at people who were directly being weenies, you know, to happen, he will, he'll forgive quickly. Yeah. I don't really see it as a, as a, as a long-term problem. And speaking of time machines, I did finally load up our Pittsburgh city podcast and uh, one of our great hypothetical questions on the road trip was involved time travel. Um, it's a good listen. I listened to it. There do, there does seem to be like 10 or so minutes missing of what we recorded. But um, on the whole, it's it's a fun little, you yeah, know, it's a I, I almost text you guys. After I listened, like that might have been our best podcast. And it was there was no prep. We were just shooting off the cuff on a drive. I think we had no distractions. I mean, Frank had to operate a motor vehicle. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, we were just, you know, kind of chill in Arizona. I'm like, wow, we are three very interesting people when we're not, uh, you know, it's distracted by life. So I mean, yes, it's a very enjoyable pod. Listen to it if you haven't. I think so. I think if you view it as like a B-side to an actual uh, Buffalo Bills, maybe next year, you'll 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 really like it. Um, so what else do we have? Uh, I didn't look up if there were any listeners questions and I don't. There, there really... were not. Okay, good. Then let's thank you listeners for listening. Um, and to be fair, we didn't announce this and that's okay. Cause it's, it's a weird time of the year. Um, but why don't we, Oh, well, is this a special topic? I think we, I mean, we're only what 33 minutes in and we've got the playoff recap in this day and Bill's headlines in the Super Bowl. I think we could squeeze it in, but I, is this, I, a, is this a question about which, cause it says NXT pro bowlers. And I'm wondering it, yes. is it like how many I, NXT that's, that's wrestlers? Frank shout out there, I was going to say yeah. like, could Adam Cole be uh, the world heavyweight champion and a pro bowler. And I say, yeah, baby. The the hypothetical, it unfortunately does not have to do with pro wrestling. Sorry, Adam Cole. Uh, But this is kind of the question, uh, and I posed this in the email too. Um, We don't want to dive too deep into the off-season stuff right now because we've got plenty of time to discuss that and plenty of draft review, all that sort of stuff. But with the pro bowl having just happened, I kind of wanted to just spitball quickly on with the Bills having three Pro Bowlers this year, which players, in terms of what it likely means in terms of the team's future success, would we like to see become the next Pro Bowlers for the Buffalo Bills? And I think we're all going to agree Josh Allen is the obvious one because if you have a Pro Bowl QB, that probably means you're winning a lot of games, so he should be an answer. But what other players would you like to kind of you know raise their game to that Pro Bowl level to the degree that's a thing and, and think that will have the greatest impact on the team's success going forward and since i pose the question, I question. Will, yeah i'll kind of start and let you guys think about it the first one that comes to mind for me and we can each do like one each and then just keep talking until we've drained the options i'm going to say Deion dawkins i'm going to say left tackle is one of the most key positions in the league he had a promising rookie year a major sophomore slump in 2018 and then played better than ever last year and by most accounts is ranked as now a top 12-ish left tackle in the league uh, after only his third season. So if he can continue that growth and development um, and you have someone who's going to be able to protect whoever your quarterback ends up being for the long term, who can protect his blind side for years and years to come, uh, that to me is absolutely huge. And I think if Deion Dawkins gets to be a Pro Bowl left tackle, be one of the two best left tackles 
in the American Football Conference, uh, that will go a long way towards the Bills being a, a great team. Even if he makes it as an alternate. Yeah. Um, I would, you know, that's a great choice. Um, I think that to just go in a slightly different direction and, and, and also sticking with players that are on the team, because I think that we could just, you know, pick people who aren't. I think Devin Singletary, yeah, really. That was my second choice. I'm glad you said it. Yeah, I mean, it's just you, you, need a, you need a skilled player who is an offensive engine, and he certainly seems to have some of that talent uh, already. He seems to be part the way there, and part of it needed to be the Bills needed to let him off the leash a little. Um, and I think some of it is that, you know, as he develops in the offense, and certainly it'll help if Deion Dawkins improves his game, that'll help the running game. Um, but, you know, if you think about the great offenses that have good quarterbacks, you know, apart from Tom Brady, you can almost always find an Alvin Kamara, a Melvin Gordon, a Le'Veon Bell, uh, a Thurman Thomas, right? Like these guys who were these all-purpose yard getters. Um, and so having somebody like that, to me, uh, that's that'd be that would probably directly result in points uh, in the way that few other positions would. Um, I think I will. I mean, I think you guys have obviously hit on on two obviously very good candidates. I will I will throw out some people who I considered. Uh, before I'll circle back to mine, um, you know, guys, I'm thinking primarily of the younger guys. Obviously, we've brought in a fair amount of veterans, so it's hard, it's tough to expect them getting a lot better um, guys who would who I mean, guys who and to be fair, there there are guys who should have made the Pro Bowl. Micah Hyde, Jordan, yeah. Boyer, you know, guys who who by all rights should have been Jordan Phillips probably should have been in the Pro Bowl. If, if it was done in any kind of, I mean, nine and a half sacks is a second to, I think, Aaron Donald for defensive tackle. So he should have been in the Pro Bowl. So th- those guys are kind of are in their own category of like should have already been there. Um, I think it would be great to have Dawson Knox turn into a Pro Bowl tight end. I don't think he's there yet, obviously. He needs to, you know, catch the ball more regularly and continue to develop in the offense. But I think he has the athleticism that you need. Um, I think having... Um, I don't know that Levi Wallace will ever get there, but I think having that other corner is somebody they need, whether it's him or Kevin Johnson, um, another guy who, who has the talent to get there and probably just needs a little more reps and needs to stay healthy, which is obviously a good thing. Um, Cody Ford is another one, but the one I will highlight kind of, um, I mean, obviously Singletary and Dawkins are both super important and I could have easily gone there. Um, I would say is, um, is Ed Oliver. I think uh, that is my one. number three. You guys picked my top. Uh, I'm tear to my eye that we're all thought of along the same lines here. So I think, I think he is um, a guy who not just because we invested a, a, a top round uh, top first round draft pick in him, but because that is an important position because you have to be able to get to the quarterback quickly in this league. And there's no faster way than the shortest distance between two points uh, in the straight line is defensive tackle to the quarterback right up the middle. So I think he had, and again, he has the talent to do it. He's had initial production that would lead you to the position that he probably could do it. Um, but at this point, he is someone who, who I think if he gets there, that will help the Bills uh, on defense um, tremendously. So, yeah, I think we hit on everyone I even thought of, with the exceptions of Matt. Matt Milano, I think, who's played at a near Pro Bowl level. You can certainly argue his position is not as key, but the fact you have a linebacker who can cover as well as he can while still defending the run very well and being able to pressure the quarterback is a huge advantage. And then a guy who is actually on his second contract, but we've seen this position develop later in the career, is Mitch Morse. Is the was, He's their, he was my number yeah. two. Yeah, yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah, he's, he was signed to a huge deal, biggest deal in uh, team history, at least as far as an offensive lineman goes. We didn't see Eric Wood become a Pro Bowl center until his, I want to say, fifth or sixth season, maybe even later, sixth or seventh season, before he emerged as a top guy. So I think there's still room for him to develop as well. I think we all want to say a wide receiver, but let's be honest, there's uh, that guy's just not on the roster right now. Yeah, I mean, I think that you'd have an out, like, if you had Josh Allen develop as a Pro Bowl quarterback, that might mean somebody like John Brown gets a Pro Bowl nod. But I think you're right. I think that the the, the type of production you're thinking about when you say that probably still isn't him. Right. Um, and even if John Brown does become a Pro Bowler, him becoming a Pro Bowler doesn't even... I don't really feel it helps like the long-term success of the team because he's 31 years old. He's really only got another couple of years at best of being... Right. Uh, 
a quarterback or a wider series going to contribute to this team. Very good. Um, so let's, uh, okay, well, uh, let's do this day in Bill's headlines. And then I, yeah, we'll, I think we'll abbreviate the playoffs really quickly and get right to the Super Bowl. But yes. Yeah. All right. Well, this is, we're going to, we're going to do it slightly differently uh, here because I run this segment, damn it, and I can do it how I want it. So we have the usual 10 headlines, but we have uh, five from what we will call the, the modern era, the last 25 years of Bill's history, and then five from the Super Bowl era. So because I don't want to cut the Super Bowl one short or feel rushed on them, we're going to do the five Super Bowl era ones first, and then I'll hop back up to 2019 and we'll work our way back through the modern era. All right. So we're going to start going chronologically from the first Super Bowl appearance, and then we'll, after we're done with the Super Bowls, we'll head back to 2019. So here we go. New York Times headline, 1991. Super Bowl 25. the day after is the Bills' longest day. So it says the sun did rise this morning for the Buffalo Bills. Those Bills who had managed to sleep arose and found the same stinging result. Giants 20, Bills 19. Um, And then later on, this article contains this following passage. It says, Bruce Smith's safety made the score 12 to 3 with 826 left before the half. The Bills' next two drives, however, ended in four and then seven plays. The Giants then marched 87 yards and Stephen Baker's 14-yard scoring catch from Jeff Hostetler made the score 12 to 10 at halftime. That was pivotal, critical, blank said. When it's 12 to 3 and you're getting the ball back after a safety, you really have the chance to build a lead on the Giants there and put the pressure on them. As an offense, we didn't. And the hint is this answer is a non player. Ted Marchabroda? Ted Marchabroda. Okay. Like I mentioned him earlier yeah. in the pod. All right. So 1992, January 29th, 1992, Washington Post. For one day, the best team in football. Uh, Washington's football team admitted they'd had some extra incentive, especially after the oh, tape yeah. of interview with Bill's defensive line coach Blank was played in their Saturday night meeting. Blank appeared to be joking, but his words were biting. He said yeah. Jim Lachey succeeded because his breath was bad. He said right tackle Joe Jacoby was a Neanderthal. He said center Jeff Bosk was probably out having cholesterol right now. I, I'll never remember his name, but I yeah, know that we story. We used him before, and he mm-hmm. was their defensive line coach for years. They fired him after this incident, mm-hmm. after the Super Bowl, and then he had a Buffalo radio show for many years. Is he still yeah, no, I, it, yeah, I remember because he was in the, the Four Falls of Buffalo that he was in yeah. that, yes. the, the, that they brought up that story as well. But I do not uh, – uh, Tilda Swinton. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny we have Tilda Swindon because in the made-for-TV movie Second String, which was based on the Bills' second-string players winning the Super Bowl, he was portrayed by John Voight in a character based on him. The character based on him was named Chuck Dichter, if this helps you get his actual name. Duck Chichter? Uh, Chuck. Doctor. Uh, great Dichter. running backs named Great I running backs you. named Eric. Dickerson. Dickerson. Chuck there you Dickerson. go. Chuck Dickerson. I, I could see his like kind of face and I remember the scene in Four Falls, but I, I was never gonna never gonna That's get that. Right. There's also funny to note that the incident was also parodied uh in your in the Super Bowl, Charlie Brown, with Lucy Van Pelt in the role of a Chuck Dickerson like antagonist, in which a team from Buffalo subsequently clobbered by a Snoopy's team after the rant. That's fantastic. Yes. All right. Uh this is why I don't want to cut these short because these are actually fun headlines. All right, nineteen ninety-three. Back when Super football Bowl. was good. Yep. Super Bowl twenty-seven. Tally incident distracts the Bills. Trying to defuse a potentially distracting situation, Daryl Talley, his coach, and some of his teammates spent much of the morning denying reports that the Buffalo Bills linebacker was involved in a scuffle at a nightclub here five days ago with the bodyguard of former Lakers star Blank. Says the two Bills players who asked not to be identified said that there was some pushing and shoving between Tally and the bodyguard and that the two had to be separated after an argument. One player said that Blank phoned Bills defensive end Bruce Smith, who is also at the club and whom Blank apparently knows, that morning to apologize for the incident. About 50 reporters, television cameramen, photographers lined up six deep and waited 40 minutes for Tally to arrive. A table reserved for receiver James Lofton had to be moved about five feet away from Tally's dais to accommodate the throng. Gosh. I have no um, recollection of any of this. No, I, I mean, I knew that 
Well, I knew during like before the first Super Bowl, like it was a problem that they had gone out, yeah. and like that became like a big story amongst the reporters. <laughs> like maybe they weren't taking it seriously enough. I had forgotten that it, it rings a tiny bell. You're saying a Lakers basketball player superstar? Yep. I I mean, was it magic? It was magic. I, I was gonna say like I was gonna guess. So, yeah. yeah. Good, it was really gonna be between him and Kareem, I would think at that point. Kareem, yeah. Argoing type of guy. So. Yeah. So yeah, good job. Of course, of course, with Kareem, like you have a much better chance that he had dated the woman because <laughs> you know he's famous for his ten thousand plus conquests. Well, that was Will Chamberlain. Will, I'm sorry. Yes. Right. I'm getting all my. Getting, getting your seven-foot-plus centers used to score a ton of points. Uh, All confused, yeah. My bad. Um, two other fun headlines from this day. No quiz. Uh, there was one called Listen to the Sound of the Pinballs in the Washington Post, where it says Thurman Thomas handed out tiny Buffalo Bills helmets to a hundred reporters, his way of apologizing for whining and bragging before Super Bowl twenty-six, and then misplacing his helmet on the first two plays of the game. He said if you lose these, it's going to cause you a lot of problems. And then this was just hilarious. That's funny. I didn't know he did that. Good for him. I, I didn't either. And then another uh, funny headline. This is from a Buffalo News article telling a Bills fan at large. A judge has reversed himself and will let a robbery suspect out on bond to go to the Super Bowl. Marion, Indiana Superior Court Judge Gary Miller had issued a $100,000 rearrest warrant for Buffalo fan Nathaniel Brown on Wednesday after Brown skipped a pretrial hearing to fly to California for Sunday's game in Pasadena. Brown, who's free on $11,000 bond after being charged in a May holdup at a furniture store, had unexpectedly received free tickets and airfare to the game between the Bills and the Cowboys. You know, time out. Time out. How the fuck does some criminal fuck (laughs) in the middle of Indiana, like, who's robbing, you know, (laughs) furniture stores, get free tickets? All right. Yeah. All right. We'll go back. They were were cheaper in the 90s than they are now, but even still. (laughs) That, uh, that annoys two, me. Two Super Bowl questions to go. Uh, Super Bowl 28, Daily Report. Tiniest of stories is big this week. This is from the Los Angeles Times. In Super Bowl week, no story becomes too small and no incident is too small to become a story. Last year, linebacker Daryl Talley was in a Los Angeles night spot during Super Bowl week, and he did or didn't get into a fight with Anthony, the bodyguard of Magic Johnson. Uh, which brings us this year to Princess Numa. It seems blanks great-grandmother was a 38-inch, and this is what the article says, a 38-inch circus midget named Princess Numa who married a circus baker, a circus barker, excuse me, a man named by the name of Gaudi, but then died while giving birth to Blank's grandmother. Uh, Blank, it says, is a religious good citizen and spent his undergraduate days at Tiny Wabash College. In the ultimate hint, Blank is a 6'7", 254-pound tight end who led Buffalo in receptions with 60 on a team that has Reed, B.B. Thomas, and Bill Brooks. Pete Metzelars? Pete Metzelars had a... Pete uh, Metzelars had a... Super midget like, named Princess Numa as, as a grand... Yeah. Checks wow. out. Yeah. It's just good science. It is. Just... <laughs> Step one, you know, I, although midget's not the right word anymore. Right. But, you know, have a little person... And then, you know, three generations later, you'll have an all-pro, wall-of-fame-level tight end. Six feet, six feet, seven inches tall. So that's approximately, uh, what, four-plus feet taller. Well, three-plus feet taller than, you know. Yeah. Is. All right. Last Super Bowl headline, also from 1994. Uh, says, something about the Buffalo Bills. I can't give you the title yet because it will give it away. It'll blow something it Something about the Buffalo Bills has bothered me for the last three years, but I couldn't put my finger on until now. The feeling went beyond compassion or contempt for three straight Super Bowl losses. It had more to do with what God's Buffalo crossed to earn their cruel fate of Sisyphus. Three times the Bills have rolled this heavy rock to the top of the steep hill. Three times it's rolled back. Last week, when Jimmy Johnson boldly predicted the Cowboys were going to do to San Francisco, and then did, the answer to what bothered me about Buffalo became apparent. The Bills lacked swagger. The Bills lacked flair. The Bills lacked blank that was the missing piece where is blank and it says blank was a punishing six foot three inch 250 pound fullback who effectively put buffalo on the football map he joined the bills in 1962 after six seasons in the cfl yes only player elected to the cfl hall of fame to refuse induction citing racism and exploitation oh oops (laughs) 
Oh, I was okay. going to say it was Mac Yoho because it would be a great oh, callback. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. That's, that's, that's where I thought Frank was going. Yeah, that's, that's why I wanted to do it, and then I heard the racist thing. I will say this offseason, I'm going to look up as much as I can on Mac Yoho and find somewhere to wedge him into a headline. Okay. Because he was a former CFL star. So uh, this guy is very popular. If I give you the headline, it will, I think, is it- it's not Cookie Gilchrist. Yeah. Yes, it's Cookie Gilchrist. Yeah. The headline was a cookie that never crumbled. Well done, Scott. So Cookie was Cookie was a CFL star who couldn't get into the Hall of Fame because of racism? Well, no. no he he would, they, they oh, he would have except for the racism. Right, okay. Yeah, they invited him. No, no. I was going to say that kind of that wasn't making the sense I thought. Maybe he has some, like, I have some really strong opinions on First Nations people. <laughs> yeah, Mac Yoho could have been. I don't know his heritage. Maybe he was First Nations. And, you know, he thought, felt racism kept him out of the CFL hall. So I would have to to look that up on, on him. But, yeah, good old good old Carlton Chester Cookie Gilchrist. It's just, it's just weird because... Like today, I could see that being a really big issue. But honestly, in the 90s, like if somebody was a racist, like I feel like that would have just been like swept under the rug and like nobody would have talked about it. And it would have been, yeah, he's a racist, but whatever. Just let it go. We want to get him in the Hall of Fame. And like, you know, the the the, the people would have the covering the sport would have just done that. So yeah. I don't know. Welcome to 2020. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we'll whip through the five modern headlines because they're not 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 quite as detailed here. Former Bill 2019, former Bills defensive back blank drawing wrong kind of attention before Super Bowl. He says, I've got Buffalo blood running through my veins, so you know I hate these guys. Blank told Bleacher Reports Tyler Dunn ahead of the big game. I naturally hate them. I never liked New England. What was the position? Defensive back. Former Bills defensive back. And then he says, words get taken out of context. I wasn't trying to get on his age. I wasn't trying to do nothing like that. He's the GOAT. He's a legend. He's talking about Brady. Yep. Yeah, it's Trey. So uh, no. So who who's the f- first question? Who? Wait, you said former Bill though, right? Former Bill's defensive oh. back. So why would he even be talking Stephon about? Stephon Gilmore. No, no, no he'd be on no. the same team. Yeah, exactly. That'd be a great story. I'm trying to remember. Who- <laughs> 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 yeah, we did watch the game. I'm honestly, I, I, don't, last year, I was going to so. say, it's not that long ago. Oh, it was the Rams game. Yes. So... That means Nickel Roby Coleman. Nickel Roby Coleman, Scott is on fire now. So there you uh, go. Good job. Oh, using your logic to think through the answer. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Whatever, Scott. <laughs> Listening skills, Frank. <laughs> Finally, it's only taken three years of this segment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 2016 is blank a solution for the Bills? Yes. Since says I was just talking to one of our video coordinators said. North Dakota State quarterbacks coach Randy Hedberg by phone Thursday. And I said, what teams would you think? And one of the teams that was here most was the Bills. They've been in our building quite a bit and like our practices. Bills looking to maybe take someone from North Dakota State University. Wait, who? What is the question? So (laughs) yeah. Is did you or skills. did you not withhold aid from the <laughs> Buffalo Bills? <laughs> Sorry. Is blank a solution for the Bills? And then it is a long rambling statement I gave from the quarterbacks coach at North Dakota State University about how the Bills have been spending oh, a lot of time. Okay. So this is this is a guy who plays at North Dakota State, mm-hmm. played at North Dakota State, who the Bills would have been interested in. Right. Uh, did not end up with the Bills. He was he a five not end up with the Bills. And this is 20... 2016. Oh, he was a five times FCS champion, so he was in college five years, and each year North Dakota State University. Carson won Wentz. Title. Carson Wentz. Scott, you didn't even need need more hints. I just, I just, I just needed to listen. Yeah. See, and that, <laughs> that yeah. is why you always listen to the questions <laughs> on this day in Bill's headlines. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, You'll is, get yours. There's a chair with your I name feel like on it this somewhere. Is a break, <laughs> this is a breakthrough episode for this feature today. All right. All right. 2013, Buffalo Bills, blank, blank, and blank, headed to Pro Bowl. So start throwing some names out. Some players who had great 2012 seasons and were named to the 2013 Pro Bowl. So this would have been pre Rex, Harper, yep. Zimmerman. <laughs> 
Uh, Acuna. You know, 2012. I'm thinking 2012. Um, um, this is, uh, so this is uh, Gailey? Yep, this is yep. the uh, last this, year of the Gailey era. I think this is the team that started 3-0 and and they had beat the Patriots. So let's say, was Stevie Johnson a pro bowler? He never made the Pro Bowl, no. All right. This one person had like a flash in the pan year where he hit a real a statistic that very few people at his position hit, but then he just kind of fizzled out. You know all these guys. None of these are obscure. So, who was the other? It was the not running Fred running back, probably. Yes, yes. So it was CJ. CJ averaged six C- yards a carry that year and made the Pro Bowl. All right. Jairus Bird. Jairus Bird is number nice. two. Yeah, okay. That's right. Um, once I said Bird. CJ site, for some reason, Jairus Bird unlocked in my head. <laughs> it's <laughs> um, like, yeah, you, you hit a level in the video game. Oops, CJ Spiller unlocks Jairus Bird. Yeah. Um, defense or offensive, defensive Paul? Defensive side of the ball. Who was the guy that picked off Brady in that game? No, no, not a defensive back. Think, uh, think a frequent Pro Bowler for the Bills. Um, Aaron Schobel. No, Aaron Schobel was no, good to get the Pro Bowls. Um, linebacker like. No, no, on the uh, defensive front, six Pro Bowls for the Bills during his career. Really. Oh, God, I'm so sorry for whoever I'm forgetting. Kyle Williams. Kyle Williams. Oh, man. All right. Sorry, Kyle. <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right. No, that's I should have gotten that before then. Yeah. Jesus. That's all right. It's, it took a little while, but we Meatball. got there. Six-time Pro Bowl. That was his third of six. All right. Two to go. Uh, this one you have almost no chance at, so we'll breeze through it. Uh, Bill signed free agent fullback Blank. Says for his career, Blank has 104 yards and one rushing touchdown and 324 yards receiving in one touchdown. He had four seasons with the Bills. He had one carry for zero yards on a fourth and short in a 2005 loss to Oakland. Everyone yelled at why you've given the ball to a player who had one carry in his four seasons with the team. Hmm. So it would be after centers. And- yep, after centers and before – oh, who's the guy they got when uh, – this uh, Damien was Af- Shelton? Damien, oh my lord, Frank! Yes! Frank. Yes! This is, this is, you, you guys are fired today. We're going to ignore the fact that you forgot about Kyle Williams' existence, but otherwise, you guys... You no, know, to me, fun. for some reason, I didn't want to associate Kyle with that bad, like, team. I don't know why. I was like, in my mind, I, I, I can only, ever since he scored that touchdown, I can only remember that season. <laughs> That's a good season to remember. All right, last one, guys. 2001. Did Bills get a look at the future? If Sunday's game was a head coaching audition for Buffalo, it looks as if Ravens defensive coordinator Blank will be the Bills' new boss. Mm. Says the consolation prize figures go to the Giants' John Fox, who looms as Cleveland's next coach, unless, of course, those roles are reversed. John Fox, of course, did not get that job. It went to Butch Davis. And this guy did not get the Bills job, but right. uh, but he got a job. So, so we would have hired we, we hired Greg Williams instead. Right. And this guy interviewed with the Bills quite frequently. We all assumed he was the leading candidate. Uh, he didn't get the job, and he was hired by another team and was their head coach for 16 seasons. Jeff Fisher? No, no. Andy. Ravens defensive coordinator, big hot prospect. Like we need to hire you. I'm just uh, trying to think who's been a head coach for who's been a coach coach for 16 years. Like Mike Tomlin? I, no, no, you're. Um, I'll give you. He was. He's was not the head coach of this team this past year, 2003 through 2018. Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis. All right. That's who it was. Yeah. Right. It's like who's been around forever? <laughs> Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, well, well done, guys. That was uh, this day in Bill's headlines for January 29th, and we're under an hour, so yay. All right, uh, let's let's skip on ahead to uh, the Super Bowl. If, as we talk about the Super Bowl, if you want to mention like a particular moment in the playoffs that you cared for, go for it. But I don't want to recap. Right, no, it's not worth it. The entirety of it. Uh, I, I will say that my favorite moment was the Houston uh, team being up. 21 nothing and then losing 24 to nothing, mind yeah 
I, they were the first team to be to be both ahead and behind by more than 20 points, I think, in in league history or one of like two teams that has ever had that happen. Um, so I, that was some excellent schadenfreude for me. Um, but here we are. You got the you got the Chiefs and their their great offense. You've got the Niners and their their great defense. They kind of smothered and killed everybody. Garoppolo versus Mahomes. Richard Sherman's there. Cats and dogs living together. Um, Honey badgers. Yeah. You're... Is it Terrell Suggs who's with the 49ers too? I mean, they've yeah. got some class names in this game. And of course, Or Suggs with the Chiefs. I'm trying to remember. Or yeah, Suggs might be with the Chiefs. I've totally lost track of who's with what. Uh, Even though I just looked at the rosters today. So, uh, Scott. Sure. Give us your thoughts. Who do you got? Let me know what you're thinking. Yeah, uh, I'll, yeah. I'll, and I'll do it quickly because Frank doesn't care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I care. I care enough for this conversation, and I okay. and I, I care a little. Yes, I just no. I, it's it's not no, in. Love I mean, it is it is weird for the Bills fans to not have our well as long as right. insert NFC team here can get pressure on Brady with the, just the front four. Maybe they can get the job done. And they right. never do, unless it's the Giants never, for some reason. Ever do? Um, shout out to shout out to shout out Eli. Eli. Yeah. Um, yeah we then, we can have the it, next time we'll have the is Eli a Hall of Famer discussion because I oh, think yeah. it's, I think it's the perfect perfect nexus of good and bad things. Yep. Um, but yes, I brief, continue. I will say I have I have watched a fair bit of the, the I mean it's a really fascinating matchup for me because it's kind of like there's it's two schools of thought of like how you build a, an NFL team on some level it's like you build one unit that's just ridiculously ridiculously good and you hope that that's enough to just destroy people or you build a team that is actually fairly well balanced and there's they they can beat you a lot of different ways cuz Kansas City really can't beat you any other way than just beating the hell out of you outscoring you because that's but there there's a pretty good chance they're going to do that because Mahomes is I mean their their offense is good anyway and they're playing just perfect right now they're just the the they're just they can't they the, the touchdowns they just can't be stopped there's nothing they they they're in a zone play calling they're in a zone in running and receiving and, and and passing everybody is doing their jobs it doesn't really like if anything I think the layoff will hurt them um but I would still honestly pick the Niners because I feel like I feel the Niners have shown that they can score 42 points or whatever that ridiculous, um, you know, New Orleans, San Francisco game was where they ended up having to score, you know, Kittle destroyed four guys running to the the 15 yard line so they could kick the field goal and win. Um, You know, that was uh, a, uh, an example of a way that the Niners could win that way. Obviously they scored 35 against the Packers. The Packers have a decent defense. Um, the, the chiefs defense to me is not anything that to write home about still. Um, and, and I think that will continue to be the downfall. So I, I will take the Niners. Um, I do think it'll be a bit of a high scoring game, but I think it's going to be something on the order of like, you know, 31, um, 27 or something like that. I think, I think it'll be key for them to kind of try and hold the, the chiefs in the red zone, which I'm not even sure they'll be able to, because frankly, the, the Chiefs are so good in the red zone, but you know, it, whatever. Well, I'll I'll take the Niners. Yeah, this is, is Scott really did a great job on that that analysis. A uh, a team that wins a lot with defense, but has a more balanced approach in San Francisco, which doesn't have quite the superstar levels uh, that the great uh, Kansas City Chiefs t- team does, at least on offense. Uh, and then the Chiefs team that just bludgeons you with an offense that. No one has shown the ability to stop. Heck, if the Bills had scored half of the points in their playoff game against the Texans that the Chiefs did against the Texans, it would have been a runaway. 25 and a half points uh, was was not an amount that, that Houston was going to score against the Bills' defense. This is uh, it's an intriguing match. I listed some ex-Bills in this game. None of them, the only one has a real chance to be a factor, and that's Sammy, and, and he hasn't done anything except for game one and then the AFC title game. Um, it's going to just be, uh, I think this will be an entertaining game to watch. Like I mentioned at the beginning, what I like most is watching new players. And, and hopefully you look at some guys who, you know, I hope Mahomes does make it all the time because simply because I'm hoping the Bills make it all the time. Um, but I, I feel like Mahomes is a good guy and, and, you know, 
a player to watch. It's not a Patriot or a Steeler or, you know, a Manning or, a, you know, in the Super Bowl. So I'm enjoying that. I also kind of like the fraud, the schadenfreude or fraud and choid, as I like to say, mm-hmm. of yes. Garoppolo in a Super Bowl. Well, Tom Brady was knocked out in the first round. Um, and I'm going to be a traditionalist like like Scott on this one. And I think the balanced approach is going to to win out. I know the Chiefs are capable of scoring a lot of points, but they have not faced a defense as strong really as the 49ers. They did a little bit with the Titans, but the Titans aren't on the level of the 49ers. And the, they also have just a better offense than anyone the Chiefs have played thus far in the in the playoffs uh, by, by a fair bit, I would say. So I think the balance approach is going to win out too. I still think the Chiefs are going to get their points because that's almost impossible to stop. So I'm actually picking a slightly higher scoring game, and I will say uh, 49ers 34 and Chiefs 30. Um, I'm happy. Actually, I'll say 31 because I want to pick up another 4.9ers win. We'll have some variation from Scott here. Okay. Um, I'm happy you guys have, are going with the 49ers because I I think the Chiefs are going to win. Um, I think that one of the the telling things is that you know the the team that ran the most run play options was in fact the Kansas City Chiefs. And if there's one thing that the 49ers have struggled with this year, it's defending against that run play option. They play a zone defense. The zone defense gets eaten up by RPO, and then you switch over to man, and guess who has all the good matchups? Probably the Chiefs. Um, certainly, the, the the Niners are a very good and balanced team, and if they can, if they can, if the Chiefs aren't on their game, then yeah, I think that they can, they can definitely, um, you know, beat the Chiefs. But I'm gonna go ahead and say that we're gonna have uh, the era of unbridled offense uh, after last year's dud, and the the not the Chiefs are gonna win the football game. Well, let's say 42 to 30. So, you know, it's not that we they were won't. all picking the over. The over under is 52 and a half. And Scott has the yeah. lowest score with 58 points. Yeah, take so, the over. Take the over. On, Frank picks the small favorite. The Chiefs, as of right now, at least are a one point favorite in this game. Yeah, I, I have them covering. I believe that they will win by more than one point. <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. Um. Yeah, and uh, if uh, you want to be a winner, then you should be listening to this podcast, uh, and you can do that by searching maybe next year Buffalo Bills on the Google or on the iTunes, uh, and go to our Facebook.com backslash or Facebook.com forward slash uh, Bills MNY. We are MNY Bills on the Anchor and on the Twitter. Uh, and you got that, that Bills and beers, MNY Bills. Whatever they're. They, they're not even going to record until, you know, next year. Right. They're just like I mean, they're going to have people in Philly and people in. They're going to be. They're not going to be used to that. They're good. Look, I'm. I'm not saying. I'm saying we're going to have a better record than them next year because we already know how to do disparate. You know, even though Scott is moving to another continent, <laughs> we're prepared. Five time zones might throw things off a of shade. But yeah, okay. no, we're gonna be <laughs> fine. We're going to be fine. They're going to be like, oh, he's in Philly. He has all the equipment or he does, knows how to touch things and say things. And, 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 That's what uh, said. Hey, oh. Suja, uh, <laughs> hey, he's got two kids, you know, um, you know, Suja's fighting with somebody. We can't record <laughs> and there's no one here to stop him. Um, anyway, no, we're going to, we're, they're a great show too, but, uh, we're going to have fun. We'll, we'll record again after the, what do we call this? The Super Bowl. The superb owl. After the superb owl is over, we'll uh, we'll do something in February uh, for the combine and then free agency, and we'll be back with you. Thank you so much for listening. We're nearing the end of our season. Um, we really appreciate it. Until next time, my name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. Good night, everyone. <laughs>